Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. I'd like to start by remembering every member of the armed forces who has given the ultimate sacrifice for this country, especially my friend and academy classmate, U.S. Coast Guard Lieutenant Commander Jay Barnes, who was killed during a search and rescue mission in 2009. On the Crucial Talks podcast, we talk a lot about the power of the roles people adopt and play in life. Those select few who choose to serve in the military play a role that guides everything they do, and that role is played for the rest of us. Thank you to them all. In today's episode, we're going to discuss a little more about roles, but now we will discuss the benefit of considering the roles other people play. Most of us have heard the saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. To me, this statement basically means to have empathy for someone to understand where they're coming from. Because people behave based on the identities they adopt and the behaviors they assign to those identities, having this sort of empathy could yield some valuable results. Because we know that people behave in a situation based on the role that is most important to them at the time, by considering other roles in these situations, we can understand others. Empathy can have a pretty big impact on intergroup relations, how we deal with other groups that don't belong to our own. What this means to me is that walking a mile in someone else's shoes may help us work with groups outside of the groups we belong to. It can be a valuable tool in getting people to work together. And that's what we're talking about today. By considering the needs, ambitions, and challenges of others, we stand a better chance of creating a collaborative environment. People have joined together in social groups since our ancestors were parts of tribes that looked out for each other. We end up sharing identities and creating groups that provide us with safety, trust, and esteem. Because of this, any threat to our in-group causes a defensive reaction. Merely looking at how our political parties deal with each other or how one team's fans treat another sports team's fans, and you can see how true this is. The groups we join not only define us, but they let us know who is with us and who is against us. Every day we are making judgments about people, and we do it based on what identities are important to us and how we see others. By labeling a person as part of a threatening outgroup, people can feel justified in how they treat that person. It's a negative way to view people, and we can see how it can cause quite a bit of conflict. Listen to this clip, and we will talk about how labeling people can get us to do things we wouldn't normally do. In Los Angeles, police are investigating fan violence outside Dodgers Stadium after the team's season opener. Thursday night, two men in Dodgers clothing followed three men in San Francisco Giants gear as they walked to their car, began taunting them, and then police say the Dodger fans began beating the Giants fans. It was quick, but it was fairly brutal. Uh, we still have one individual that's in the hospital. He's listed in critical but stable condition, um, but he still has a ways to go. Investigators say that fan is expected to recover. They're not releasing any names, and they're looking for suspects. They've reviewed surveillance tapes from the parking lots where the beating took place and are looking for witnesses who may have filmed the incident with cell phone cameras. 
In a written statement, the Dodgers team spokesman says we're committed to having the most fan and family-friendly environment in baseball and will continue to make that a top priority. The teams face off again this weekend, and outside Dodger Stadium, fans from both sides of this California rivalry reacted the same, with disgust. I don't know, they're taking it to a new level that's... I don't know, it takes the fun out of the game, you know, and that's why we're all here, is just to kind of have a good time and kind of forget about our daily troubles, and then I know really why they got to bring some more trouble to a fun place. It's devastating to hear about it. Um, not everyone behaves like that. Um, it's ignorance, and it's just the game. We're all fans, but we don't have to hurt each other. That's what I think. This isn't the first time violence has plagued opening day at Dodger Stadium. In 2009, a man stabbed his friend in the parking lot. It was also after a Dodgers-Giants game. John Moan, Associated Press, Los Angeles. In that clip, we got to hear how one group of fans treated another group of fans based on how they identified each other, how they identified as us versus them. But then you also got to hear from fans from both teams. But those fans referred to the attackers as they and normal fans as we. By this way of grouping, they were able to come to an understanding that we could treat each other with a little more respect, that we could treat each other a little bit better. The mindset was different based on being able to see each other from different roles. If we can agree that how we see people that are different from us, or how we see people is different from the groups we identify with, this lets us understand that we can make a decision on how we will treat them. There is a great deal of power in labeling a group as dangerous to the groups we belong to. Separating us and them has been a tool people have used to impact decisions people make. We've done this for a long, long time since we were in tribes. Just as the identities we adopt for ourselves drive our decision-making, how we categorize others affects how we experience interactions with them. If they are against us, that interaction is viewed as conflict. If they are with us, it's viewed as collaboration. It is a powerful cognitive tool that not only affects you, but it affects them because it affects how they experience that situation and how they make sense of what's going on. Let me tell you why this is important. We just discussed how viewing someone as part of an outgroup can drive us to make decisions that impact that person differently than if we view someone as an in-group member. For example, making a decision that affects someone else's child may be completely different than if you gave the exact same scenario, but instead of someone else's child, I'm now making that decision that will affect my own family. The lens I use can affect the decisions I make because of the groups I belong to, because of the roles I play, and because of the fact that the role that's important at the time in that situation will drive our behavior. This is also how other people make decisions that affect us. If they see you as an outgroup, they will be driven to make decisions that could be different than if they view you as an in-group member or at least view you as a non-threatening outgroup member. Because of this, if we can view a situation from another person's point of view, we have a better chance of understanding how they see us. This can help us because we can align our roles with the roles of others in a more non-threatening way. This means we'll be more apt to work together collaboratively toward shared goals.
The result of this type of thinking is an increase in decisions that move toward a common goal. Rather than working against each other, we end up working within our respective roles towards a collective view. This means we spend more time and energy moving in the same direction and gaining momentum toward a positive result rather than spending the time and energy fighting each other. Instead of playing defense, we get to play offense. So how can we do this? What we're trying to do is understand how our roles and the behaviors we have assigned to those roles impact the roles other people are playing. These are all based on a model that focuses on interventions to prevent bias. In other words, if we can influence our perspectives, we can influence empathy, and this could result in a change in attitude in how we treat others. What we can do is focus in three different areas when we want to walk in someone else's shoes. So we can ask ourselves questions related to the needs of others, the ambitions or purposes of others, and the challenges others might face. Each of these questions can be asked about anyone we may be dealing with to accomplish a goal. For example, are you working on a project at work? If so, you may want to ask yourself these three questions concerning your boss, your coworkers, your customers, your clients, or your subordinates. Let's say you're dealing with a project and you're going to assign it to your subordinates. Ask yourself questions related to their needs, their ambitions, and their challenges. Do they have the resources and skills they need to be successful? What do they want to gain out of completing this project? Can you communicate a sense of purpose they can relate to? Are there any obstacles they are facing? These types of questions and this type of mindset shifts the lens from a supervisor assigning a task to a subordinate to a more collaborative and cooperative relationship. We don't want it to be supervisor versus worker. Rather, we want the supervisor and worker to share a goal and share a broader identity so that they can work collectively within their roles to reach a goal. If we consider the needs, ambitions, and challenges of others, we can increase the chance that we create a collaborative environment where people can work together. We begin to see others as solutions to problems and not as problems themselves. They are not problems to be solved. We can create relationships that are symbiotic where everyone gets to benefit. Then this episode, we were able to talk about how to view a situation from the lens of somebody else. We talked about how we can think about the needs of others, the ambitions or purpose of, of others, and the challenges others might face to be able to communicate in a way that has a better chance of creating a collaborative environment where people can work within their roles to reach a common goal. And with everybody working the same direction, we build positive momentum. Positive momentum leads to success. Thank you for listening to this episode. And again, thank you to all the service members who paid the ultimate sacrifice. If you'd like to reach out to me, please visit the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com and connect with me via email, on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to continue to build this community of folks that are interested in what drives people. So please share the podcast and rate it so that we can build our community. Have a great week, and remember, if we want to understand behavior, 
We need to understand what drives people. 